Right, hopefully that's me on. Um, we're going to ask as well for our young people to go to life group now. As well, Jordan waved at me. I'd have forgotten. So our young guys are all going off to life group. And it's great. To have, you wouldn't have no bellies not here. There's no water up for me this morning. won't mention at all, Anne, that you were supposed to do it. I'll not mention that, I promise. Um, Let's just come and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning that we can come. And Lord, even to stand in the front row this morning and listen to the voices of your people praise you was just amazing. And Lord, we praise you because we love you. We praise you because you are so involved in our lives in every aspect how you speak to us, how you lead us, how you guide us, how you bring us joy and your peace. And Father, you give us a hope for our future. And Lord, this morning, we thank you, Lord, for the amazing privilege to bring me Harrison into your house and just say thank you for his birth and his life. And we pray that he will grow up to find you and to know you and to love you the way we do. Lord, will you bless his family this morning that are with us and encourage them. And Lord, we just love to be together as the family of God. So bless us too. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, folks, um, unless you're a visitor with us this morning, you won't know the score, but everybody else does, don't they? When it comes to an infant blessing and we're coming into church to thank God for the birth of a child. I love to take the name of the child and look to see what the meaning of that name is for the child. And I hope and pray that there's a spiritual lesson that we can learn from the name of the child. Well, Natasha... Let me tell you, you made my work hard for me this week. You really, really did. In fact, you have nearly earned the T-shirt. I have stumped the pastor. Um, Because Harrison, folks, wasn't an easy name to find a biblical reference to. In fact, Harrison simply means the son of Harry. Are you Harry? (laughs) This is Julian this morning. And I looked at it and I thought, oh my goodness, son of Harry, what is there in this? And you know, you've all heard me. Sometimes when I'm reading the scriptures and we're in the Old Testament and we're reading some of those Old Testament Bible names and I've stopped mid-flow and said, that could not have just been called Harry, James or John or something. Why these big names that nobody can pronounce? Well, when I was doing study during the week, I thought to myself, Lord, I would love a wee bit of Greek, a wee bit of Hebrew behind the name of Harrison. But there was none. But all's not lost. Because I looked up Harry instead. Son of Harry. Or Harrison, son of Harry. So I looked up that name. And do you know what Harry means this? It means house protector, army commander who wields the sword. House protector, army commander that yields the sword. Now, Gillian and Joyce this morning, I believe McKinley is your maiden name. Is that right? Now, did you know that's from the Scotch Gaelic? Okay, Scottish, sorry, Gaelic, from the 10th century. And we do hear this, guys. It means the son of the white-skinned warrior. So he's a commander and also of the son of the white-skinned warrior. Ancestor.uk has nothing on me. (laughs) So we have named this wee boy, 
okay? He's an army commander and a white-skinned warrior. Was that deliberate, guys? Did you know that? No? There you go. You are on the money there for that one. Well, I just pray that all your battles are little ones. <laughs> now, is there something spiritual or biblical behind this? Well, I have to say, when I started to read this and think about this name and think about the meaning of the name, my mind was automatically drawn to Joshua chapter 5, where the commander of the Lord appears to Joshua. We're going to read just a few verses from that passage of Scripture this morning. Verse 13 says this, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up and said to him and asked, Are you for us? Are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the army of the Lord replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now here's the background to this passage. Many of us will know the story of the children of Israel were in captivity, they were in Egypt, they had been punished, they had been made weary over years where they had worked for Pharaoh, and God allowed Moses to go in to set his people free, bring them out of captivity. And we know there's a whole process that, it was a long process, it was a hard process, but eventually God's people were released from the bondage of Egypt and they were promised a promised land that they could come out and they would be in freedom and they would have a land, to be a nation for themselves. But you know, 11 day journey, which all it should have been turned into 40 years. And the reason that happened was quite simply this, they kept disobeying God. They kept infighting going on. They kept grumbling against what God was doing. And what they did was for 40 years, they wandered the, the wilderness instead of getting to break new ground and be where God wanted them to be. Joshua 5 picks up the story. And in that time, because of all of their disobedience, the Lord said that those who were of um, age to be a warrior, a battler, a commander, a fighter, that those who were that age that left Egypt would not inherit the promised land. So in that year, we find, and in the time this is written, that all those men had passed away, and now there were new young men growing up of warrior age. And here in this chapter, we learn that they are brought back to doing the things of God. They were asked to be circumcised, which was a sign that there was a covenant between God and them, because God always wants a relationship with his people. And God wants us to show an outward sign sometimes, or an inward sign of an outward thing. That's what we talked about baptism earlier on as well, that all of this is a sign that we are definitely followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here now we see that there's a group of men who are now the age to be warriors, and they've come to that place where they can go to their first battle to win the promised land, and their first battle is to bring down Jericho. And this is where Joshua meets the commander of the army of the Lord. Now, who was that? I believe the theological term is a theopony. I believe myself that he actually met Jesus Christ. I believe the commander of the Lord was actually the Lord Jesus Christ himself, appearing as God, as man, for the first time to Joshua, appearing to him. 
And we see that he appears to him and he comes and he asked, asked, or he was asked this question by Joshua, are you for us? Are you for your enemies? In other words, Joshua said, are you on my side? Are you on their side? And you know, friends, there's been many a battle and many a war throughout the ages. And people have done many things in the name of God because they thought God was on their side. And you know, I wonder what our world would have looked like today if so many people had not claimed that God was on their side and that they were working on God's behalf, doing the many horrible things that were done throughout the centuries. And it's not just in wars. Even down to even we small things. Jordan used to play football for the amateurs in Dremore. And oftentimes when I would go and be standing at the side of the pitch, some of the guys used to call me the trendy rev. And they would come alongside me and say to me, trendy rev, I hope you're praying the day that we win. Because we need God on our side and you're our mascot. And I pray that we will win the day. And yet the truth of it is, he asked the question, are you on my side? But you know, the background of all of that really was, it wasn't asking God, are you on my side? But the reality of it is God is saying, are you on my side? It's not claiming the God, God for us, but us claiming us for God. Are you on my side? You know, we Harrison, unfortunately, in this lifetime, will witness in our world many battles and many wars. Do you know, I remember when I went to the high school across the way there, one of my favorite subjects was history. I loved history, and I loved the whole thing about the war. I I loved the whole thing about especially Germany and especially the period of Nazi Germany. There was something, my heart, even as a young boy over there in the 80s, I had just this compassion and wanted to know more about what happened to the Jewish people and to watch some of the, the documentaries, to see some of the photographs. My heart always used to be wrenched within me at the plight of the people as well as many others around that time within the war. And I remember in the 80s, I left school in 84, and I can always remember thinking to myself, I am so glad that that is consigned to history. Never thinking that in the 90s, that we would see in Serbia, and with all of that conflict, people standing emaciated behind wire fences. And when I saw that footage, that brought me back to what had happened in the Second World War as well, thinking, thank goodness that would be finished with, and yet even just a decade later, we were seeing the same things happening within our world. And you know, church, we know this. The Bible says it, and we sang about it this morning. What an amazing choice of songs this morning for what I'm going to say today. But you know, we know as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, in fact, as time goes on, the Bible says that that is one of the signs that points to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this world. The Bible says before he comes, there will be wars and there will be rumors of wars. And in fact, since the First World War, there has never been so many wars that have been recorded in the history of our world. That and many of the other signs that we know and are seeing are being fulfilled as we know and are are being ready for the return of the Son of God. And that is why, friends, it is important that we know that we're on his side, that we know whose side we stand on. 
Because we're further, and you've heard me say this over and over again, we are further in history than anybody else to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why it's important that we know whose side we're on. Harrison will not, and his wee life blessing, will not just see around our world many people fighting in many wars. But unfortunately, sometimes too, he will have his own wee battles in his own life. And I know I joked, may all his wee battles be little ones. But it is true. Every one of us have our battles. For some reason, and for some, why, for some reason why in life, there'll always be someone that'll take a dislike in this. There'll always be someone that'll take a numbrage against us. There'll always be someone that will seem to go out of the way to make our life difficult. Do you remember back, for those of you that are of my age and over, to when you took your wee one out for the first time to some mother and toddler's club and another wee one hit them? And your heart inside is melting and you're trying to do the whole positive parent thing and say, oh, they're only children, and inside you want... You know, because you are, you just want to protect them and your heart bleeds for them. And the truth of it is we know we need to prepare our children for life because we can't be there with them 24-7. That we need to prepare our children to do life and to, to manage conflict in their own wee hearts for their future because we won't be able to be there 24-7 to look after them and to keep them safe. And as they go through life, Unfortunately, there will be barriers, there will be problems, and there will be people who will come against them. And that happens everywhere. In every organization, in the workplace, in the home, everywhere, even in church life, we know there can be conflict. We've just been finished in, our, in the middle of our studies in Acts. We find that even Paul and Barnabas, two great friends, had a sharp disagreement, and they went their separate ways. And yet Paul writes so much in the epistles about how we as the people of God should live side by side with each other, that we live a conflict-free life. The Bible says, and I think this is an important scripture, whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, Romans 12 and 18 says this, if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. Do you want to hear that again? As it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. During the week of my own personal devotions and my prayer life, um, one of my readings was Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, and it says this, and, and verse 9, it says, And now about your love for one another. We do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family through Macedonia. And then he goes on to say this, yet we urge you. You see, we can have love and desire love, to be in love and encourage one another. But here even the writer of Thessalonians is saying, he's really saying, watch out. We urge you to keep on loving one another. We urge you, brothers and sisters, do so more and more. Keep that the objective, to love one another, to care for each other, to be looking out for one another. And then he gives this. He goes on to say, do so more and more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as you were told, 
so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent on anyone. I think that's good advice in conflict, isn't it? Mind your own business. And the truth of it is, in whatever society or whatever home or whatever place there is, if more people would mind their own business instead of feeling the need to put in their tuppence worth into somebody else's business, our world would be a happier world. I think some of the Miss World competitions would be getting their prayers answered. I want world peace. <laughs> and the Apostle Paul said, lead a quiet life. Don't get mixed up in other people's affairs. Just do something productive. Work hard. Be known to those outside the family of God as quiet people who don't get involved in other people's stuff, but actually work hard to benefit themselves and to benefit the work of God. And friends, church this morning, when we're not doing that, whose side are we on? We need, as the people of God, to make sure that we're showing that we're on his side by doing what he asks us to do. That we fulfill what God asks us to do. Leave quiet and productive life. I love God's wisdom in his word. Because it's there not to condemn us, but it's there to help us and encourage us to get it right, that we can live life without conflict in our hearts and in our minds. Whose side are you on? Friend, you always know you're on God's side when you're doing what God tells you to do. And God tells us, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Remember we looked last week about how in John 17 the Lord prayed that we would be one and prayed that there would be unity. And friends, that's what we work for. A conflict stress-free life. Sometimes things happen, they come, but we need to be working for a conflict-free life because there's battles in the world and there's battles in this life. No matter where you'll go, there will be battles. And thirdly, friends, for all of us, and we Harrison will be the same as he grows up, all of us sometimes will struggle with inward conflict, inward battles within our lives. As a church, you heard this morning that we've been doing a study on a Sunday night from um, quite simply called the throne room of grace. And what we've been learning is this, that there is a place for every believer that we can go to where we will find the favor of God. No matter how we feel, no matter what we've done, no matter what we're going through, no matter what people are putting us through, there is a place as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that we can go to where we will find favor in our time of need, and it's the throne room of grace. And no matter where we are, or who we're with, or what's going on all around about us, we get the privilege of being able inside our hearts, even if we can't close our eyes, which isn't great when you're driving, to pray and close your eyes, but even when we're driving, whatever's going through our head, we can go to a place in our hearts and our mind, which is called the throne room of grace. And there we will know that we are accepted and loved by a gracious Father who will give us his mercy, not what we deserve. But in fact, he will show us his grace. He will show us his favor towards our hearts, no matter what we're going through. Do you know, a child is not just a product 
of the parenting. A child will turn out the way they turn out because of the society they live in, the environment they live in, and the culture they live in. They will turn out the way they are and the way we have been have turned out because of many factors as well as just our parenting. That took me back to the days when I studied sociology. There are many factors that make us who we are. But one factor that makes us who we are is sometimes our decision-making. Because in life, as we do life, we don't always make wise choices. And some of the choices that we make, unfortunately, end us to be in a place sometimes of brokenness within our lives. A brokenness that's deep within our souls that sometimes can be so, so hard to remove. And it's often in those times when God seems to get the blame for our brokenness, for our decision-making. Where's God? Why is God not showing up for me? Why is God not entering in and helping me in the place where I am today? Do you remember way back in September 9-11 when the Twin Towers came down and there was a real outcry in America? Well, if God is such a God of love, why did he allow this to happen to our nation? It was not long ago when Billy Graham, that wonderful evangelist, passed away and went to be with the Lord. But his daughter at that stage was interviewed on an American TV show. And she was asked this question by Jane Clayson. I've heard people say, those who are religious and those who are not, if God is good, how could God let this happen? To that, what do you say? And this was Anne Graham Lott's reply. I say God is also angry when he sees something like this. I would say also for several years now, Americans, in a sense, have shaken their fist at God and said, God, we want you out of our schools, our government, our business. We want you out of our marketplace. And God, who is a gentleman, has just gently backed out of our nation and our political life, our public life, removing his hand of blessing and protection. We need to turn to God first of all and say, God, we're sorry that we have treated you this way and invite you now to come into our nation, national life. We put our trust in you. We have our trust in God and our coins and our knowledge, but we need to practice that. And you know, friends, often people in the battles of life that cause us to be wounded and hurt will often cry out and say, well, God, where were you? What did you do to help me in the midst of that? And yet we choose to leave God out of our lives. We want him when we're in trouble, and yet we don't give our lives to him. We want them on our side when we're in battle, and yet the answer to Joshua's question really was, not really was this, was he in God's side? And this morning I want to challenge us all, where is God in our lives? Is God in the center of our lives? Can we declare today that we are on God's side? That we are dedicated followers of God and that we are doing what God has asked us to do? Some people may say, well, why would God be interested in my small battles in my life when there are so many big battles going on around our world? Quite simply this, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God came in Jesus Christ, who I believe that Joshua met all those years ago, he came and he died on the cross that we could be forgiven, that we could be obedient to that call. You see, how do you know you're on God's side? It's through obedience. If we go back to Joshua chapter 5 and the last verse, we read this, that when he asked what he had to do, the angel, or not the angel of God, the commander of the Lord's army said, remove your shoes, you're on holy ground. And Joshua removed his shoes. And for us in our generation to be obedient to God, God is saying, for us to show that we're on his side, we need to be in relationship with Holy God. And the only way that we can be in relationship with Holy God is to acknowledge that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that he rose from the grave, and to say we're sorry for leaving him out of our lives. And when we do that, we then start to follow him. And that's when we know that he comes, as we sang earlier on, to fight our battles with us. When we've committed to him and we follow him. I pray, church, this morning, that all and every one of us will allow the commander, Jesus Christ, to be a part of our lives, to fight for us, to love us, but that we would follow him. And if you're here this morning and you're considering faith and which side you stand on, because you see, there's one other wee scripture that I want to share with you this morning as we bring this to a close, and it's quite simply this. It's Matthew 12 and 30. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. I would encourage every one of us to make the decision to be with him and not against him. And if you want to know today how to get with him and to be with him, come and talk to me. I've got some literature here that will help you find your way to know that you're definitely on the Lord's side. Amen. Worship team, will you come and lead us in our final song together? 